Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 266. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening and thank you for downloading once again. My name is Stephen Fennick and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, everything we can expect to see at the upcoming Apple launch event. The new Beats by Dr. Dre Studio 3 wireless noise-cancelling headphones and the portable hard drive designed especially for drone pilots. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out some in-car tech products. Firstly, the Navdi head-up display and the Zeus Smart Tire Safety Monitors. Plus, we're going to give you our verdict on the Samsung Galaxy Note 8 smartphone. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show for you, so we're just going to jump straight in. Well, we are about to head off to San Francisco for Apple's iPhone launch. Uh, It's going to be held this year at the company's new headquarters in Cupertino. Yes, Apple Park, which has been under construction for a a couple of years now, uh, is going to be uh, host to this new event, and in particular, the Steve Jobs Theatre, which is actually on the campus grounds and fittingly named after the man who uh, is Apple's, obviously, uh, Apple's late co-founder and also the man who introduced us to the first iPhone just on 10 years ago. Now, these are significant factors in making this event what we expect to be one of the biggest in Apple's recent memory. Uh, the the fact that we're looking at brand new iPhones, one uh, especially with uh, one to have a radical new redesign, so totally different to what we've seen for, frankly, the last four years. We've kind of seen the same design uh, from Apple in terms of the iPhone. This year, though, uh, this time out, a brand new looking iPhone as well as a couple of other iPhones. We're going to go through what we can expect to see. Uh, There'll be not only iPhones, but other products launched too. But first up, what we uh, what we can probably say with with uh, with pretty much uh, with certainty that there will be a brand new iPhone redesigned, all new, that uh, all new iPhone that we will we will be introduced to at this event. And if all the rumours are true, and there has been plenty of them, we're going to see a device with a five point eight five point eight inch OLED display, and from all the rumours and all the reports we've heard, and they've been pretty consistent over the last few months. That's that's one thing. It's it's not hard to dismiss rumours that are, are not not really not really solid uh, in the lead up to an event like this. When when you hear the same kind of thing from different areas, from different contacts, different people, you can tell that we're kind of on the right track with this and. All the rumours point to the fact that the device, the new iPhone, whatever it happens to be called, we'll discuss that in a moment, it will have no home button. The entire front face of the product will be entirely taken up with the screen. The only thing at the top of the of the screen will be a, a small notch, which will be where the front-facing cameras and sensors will be located. So the, the status bar will be split in two. So you'll see the, the time on one half. And on the other half of the status bar, you'll see the battery level, the signal bars, uh, and whether you were connected to 4G or Wi-Fi with those symbols on the right-hand side. So the the design itself 
all screen on the front, which means no home button. So how are we going to unlock this phone, I hear you ask? Well, what we do today with the iPhone is we uh, use the Touch ID, the home button, which is uh, has that Touch ID fingerprint sensor built in, and our fingerprint unlocks the phone. Well, all uh, all signs are pointing to the fact that there will be no home button and therefore no fingerprint reader. In its place, rather than using your finger to unlock the phone, the rumour is, really strong rumours suggest, it will have face ID. So touch ID is what we've got now. Face ID is what we're likely to have with the new device. And what it'll do, it'll give your face, it'll, it'll be a 3D scan of your face using hundreds of points of recognition on your face in a 3D model of your face. To to allow you to unlock the phone, so rather than pressing your finger on a on a home button, the iPhone's just going to look at your face and unlock the phone. It will also this Face ID we understand will also enable App Store purchases, iTunes purchases, and even uh, it will also authorize Apple Pay purchases as well. So lots lots of rumors pointing kind of at the same path. New iPhone features will, apart from it being it having this Face ID system, we still it, it we we believe that there will still 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 form of Touch ID. I think it's highly unusual for a phone that's had fingerprint readers for the past five years to suddenly abandon it altogether in favour of just one form of, of face ID, as we've, we, we're pretty sure will be included with the new iPhone. So where will the Touch ID button be? Will there be a Touch ID button? It's pretty common to see with other smartphone manufacturers for them to move the home button and at the same time the Touch ID, the fingerprint reader, which is part of the home button, to the rear of the device. Many of them got it, the, the Galaxy Note 8, which we're going to talk about later, the Galaxy S8, the LG V30, which was unveiled uh, last week in Berlin. All the, all the major phones that are going down this path of having uh, all screen on the front, no home button, no physical buttons of any kind on the front, have moved their Touch IDs, well, they call it their fingerprint readers, whatever they call it, to the back of the phone. Now, I this this to me, this is my little theory that we're going to see with the new iPhone, is that the Touch ID will still be there, but not how you expect it. It will be on the back. This is my little theory. Okay, so not 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 a huge amount of rumors here, but it, to me, it makes sense to do this. What Apple will do, I think, is still have the Touch ID, but it will be located as part of the Apple logo on the back of the phone. You think about it. It might sound strange, but you think about it. That Apple logo on the back of the iPhone is the perfect place to put a Touch ID for D for D for D. Imagine how clever that would be if that all you need to do, if you want to use Touch ID instead of Face ID, is by simply pressing your finger to the Apple logo on the back which will have the Touch ID sensor behind it. That, to me, that could be the little surprise that was that was that was that at the iPhone event. But the other speculation too is, what the hell are they going to call this phone? There's been theories it's going to be the iPhone 8, the iPhone Pro, the iPhone Edition. All these names have been thrown around as to what the hell it's going to be called, and and and, and the the names I just told you are probably on the short list, but. The latest, the latest news we're hearing is that the phone will actually be called the iPhone X. X being the Roman numeral for 10. It's the iPhone's 10th anniversary. And there you go. Now, why we know this, over the weekend, there was a, a leak of the Golden Master, so the final version of iOS 11, which is only a week and a half, about a week and two days away from being released to the public. Bleak, bleak, bleak. One had actually leaked the Golden Master, so the final version of iOS 11. And some clever guys had drilled down into, deep into the, into the code of iOS 11 was referenced to 
an iPhone X. Also made reference to, and this is also uh, what we can expect to see at, at the event, are other iPhones are going to be announced. Now, don't forget this new iPhone, let's call it iPhone X, which is rumoured to be the name for the new designed iPhone. There will be other iPhones, and this will be a continuation of the design, like a tweak of the design that we see right now. At the moment, we've got the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, which is, has a 4.7-inch screen and a 5-inch screen, as well as the Touch ID home buttons. We are going to see phones that move down that similar design path, but they are going to be called the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 8 Plus, and they will have the 4.7-inch screen and the 5.5-inch screen, as we, are, as we normally see, and, but with a slight design tweak. And, and you're going to have, on top of that, this iPhone X as well. Now, in terms of sizes, the iPhone X screen at 5.8 inches is actually going to be larger, a larger display than the than the 5.5 inch plus phone. Let's call it the 8 plus 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 device itself, because it's going to be all screen with that 18 by 9 uh, large screen in a smaller chassis design. It's actually going to sit between the the 8 and the 8 plus in terms of size the, of, of the actual physical measurements of the product. So. Yeah, yes, we're going to see a new designed iPhone, the iPhone X. We're also going to see the iPhone 8 and iPhone 8 Plus, which will be following up, following on from what we see right now with the 7 and the 7 Plus. But it isn't just iPhones we're going to be seeing at this event. There is a strong rumor that we're also going to see an updated Apple TV. And this would be the fifth generation of the Apple TV, uh, with the biggest change not being the design, we, 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 we're pretty sure that the product will look exactly the same as it does now. But under the hood, there'll be a faster processor so it can stream 4K HDR, high dynamic range content. So you can expect to see the availability of if you know, all of the millions of people who are now buying TVs. They're all 4K resolution with HDR. If you bought a TV last year or this year, you would have HDR on board. So imagine now the amount of content that's going to be available through Apple, through iTunes, through the App Store for you to view, 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 view movies, TV shows, you name it. Apple are going to start streaming that kind of quality content through an updated Apple TV. Also, we can expect to see at the event an updated Apple Watch. Now, it's been three years since Apple introduced the original Apple Watch. It was at the 2014 event held at the Flint Center, the the venue for the original Macintosh launch back in 1984, if you cast your mind back to that. So in 2014, Apple returned to the Flint Center and unveiled the 6 and 6S. It was the first major design upgrade uh, for the iPhone because it was a major being the fact that it was the first iPhones that went beyond the four inch screen size. You remember the iPhone 5S had that four inch screen. All the other brands were going bigger. Apple had their first large screen phone 2014 with the iPhone 6, which is 4.7 inch. And they introduced the plus as well, 5.5. At, at that same event, they also introduced the Apple Watch which has gone on to become the most popular smartwatch in the world. We've also already seen two updates, or one update, so the original one plus Series 2, which was introduced a year ago. We suspect we're going to see Series 3 introduced at this event. With the biggest change, maybe a slight tweak to the design, so not hugely different. It'll still have that square display, similar dimensions. It'll still be waterproof. It'll still have built-in GPS. But what we're hearing with Apple Watch Series 3 is a built-in LTE 4G connectivity, and not with a physical SIM card, but rather an embedded eSIM card that'll be within the within the watch. And so that means you'll be able to replicate your number on this eSIM that will then be the same number as you would have on your phone. So you could uh, possibly leave the iPhone behind and still be able to make and receive calls and connect to the internet using this embedded SIM card within the Apple Watch. 
That's what we're thinking. That's what the rumours are telling us. And, of course, we won't know for sure until the event is run and done, which will be early Wednesday, the uh, September the 13th, uh, the early hours of September 13th here in Australia. 3 a.m. Sydney time is when the event's going to kick off. So uh, we will be there in, in Cupertino for the event, and we will have all the updates, all the news, all the hands-on reviews of all the new Apple products that are going to be unveiled at that event. And, of course, you'll be able to catch up with all of that at techguide.com.au. Well, moving right along, our product that we're going to talk about is actually uh, from a company that's actually owned by Apple, and uh, that is the Beats by Dr. Dre. That's a company Apple bought a few years ago. Uh, The product we're going to talk about, of course, is the Studio 3 wireless headphones. These are brand new. These are wireless noise-canceling headphones, I should also point out. And they uh, have the adaptive noise cancellation uh, in for ANC for short. So they do have a system that can listen out for ambient noise and cancel it out and give you uh, and, so, and, and and take away that ambient noise. Whether you're on public transport or in a noisy cafe, on an aircraft, a busy office, uh, it knows it can use pretty sophisticated algorithms to continually monitor the environment and then evaluate what's around it and then adjust that signal to to uh, eliminate all that ambient noise so that all you hear is the music. Also, this is a fascinating feature. The headphone actually can also adjust for sound leakage based on whether uh, the, the, our hair, our, our glasses, the shape of our ears, the movement of our head, all these factors the headphones can actually automatically compensate for that as well. So the the active noise cancellation calibrates 50,000 times a second. So listening out for these factors, uh, ambient noise, 50,000 times a second. So we can ensure you get the best uh, noise cancellation as well as the best audio fidelity as well. Because not only it doesn't, it not just has to block out the noise, the ambient noise, it also has to sound good. And it certainly does that. It also has the Apple W1 chip on board. And anyone who's ever used a recent pair of Beats headphones or AirPods will know that, uh, that you get this easy, seamless connection to your phone. It'll detect the type of uh, headphones you're using, if you're using an iPhone or an iPad, and you can automatically pair that to your device, as well as seamlessly switch between your other Apple devices as well. So it, it will work, of course, with Android devices and other products, but if you are using it with, with an Apple product, an iPhone and iPad in particular, you do get that seamless proximity pairing uh, and easy switching between other Apple devices as well. Now, uh, on the audio, I should say on the design side, you you still particularly see their signature design. It's also been redesigned slightly. So the acoustic components on board have had a slight update. Uh, Not only are they really comfortable to wear because of this updated manufacturing process, but it has also uh, that that seal over your ears that that, uh, the the padding also provides optimal noise isolation. So not only getting the active noise cancellation, you're also getting that noise isolation just from the sheer fact that the ear pads cover your ears completely. Uh, all the controls are on, on ear as well. So you've got a built-in microphone so you can make your calls, navigate your music, control the volume, all of those things. You can even activate Siri as well. And or you can do all of what I just said without actually taking your headphones off uh, or even touching your mobile device. All that can be done on the on the headphones uh, without touching the phone, without touching taking off the headphones either. Battery life, you're going to get about 22 hours worth, which is which is excellent. And I think the reason that you do get uh, such power efficiency is because of that Apple W1 chip. Is it uh, if you if you are running low on power and you're about to head out, you can just you can charge for just 10 minutes before you head out and get an additional three hours of listening time, which is really handy. Now, these headphones are going to be available in a few colours. They'll be black, white, blue, red, as well as porcelain rose and shadow grey. 
The Studio 3 wireless are available to order from today, should be available in early October, and they're going to be priced at $449.95. Not the cheapest headphones in the world, but you think about what you're getting. You're getting active noise cancellation, all these extra features, fantastic audio quality, and that Beats signature design and sound. Worth worth a listen. If you want to read more about it, though, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, I am a drone pilot and love flying my drone. And I, I do also like the fact that you can capture some brilliant photo, photos and videos with your drone at very high quality. I, I've got the Phantom 4 Pro as well as the Mavic Pro from DJI, and they can both capture 4K quality video as well as high-resolution still images as well. And what it does, it stores all of that information on a micro SD card that's on the drone. And of course, you can view all of those pictures and videos when you get back to your desktop or to your laptop. You need a a card reader and you can uh, put that in your computer and then read the images. Well, what about if you want to do it a little bit easier or back it up and store your images in the field? So you may be there with your laptop and you might want to look through your photos straight away and also back them up and store them and get flying again to capture even more photos and videos. Well, you can do that now thanks to a new uh, portable hard drive from Seagate and they're calling it the DJI Fly Drive. DJI, after the partner, uh, partnership with DJI, the world's leading manufacturer of unmanned aerial vehicles. That's uh, another name for drones. And the products I mentioned, the, the Mavic Pro and the Phantom 4 Pro, are both DJI products. The drive will work with other drone, other micro SD cards used with other drones, as well as you might have used a micro SD card with a camera. It'll still work the same way. But in this particular instance, Seagate decided to create the fly drive for drone pilots so they can look at their content, download the content either to a computer or to the drive itself, and store all that content and then wipe the micro SD card and then get flying once again. Uh, it's a smart product because more and more people are taking to drone, uh, to, to flying drones and producing amazing content through their drone photography. So the drive, which has a two terabyte capacity, it also has a dedicated micro SD card slot on the side. So rather than you having to find a micro SD card reader, the drive, once it's connected to your computer through USB-C, it's got its own USB-C port, so USB-C to USB-C. So if you're using a MacBook, for example, you can connect the drive and then insert insert, insert your card into the dedicated, 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 dedicated DJI Fly Drive so you'll be able to view all the images that you've just shot, all the videos you've just shot, transfer them pretty, pretty quickly to, to the drive if you want to back it up to the drive. So uh, it, it does have UHS-2 rating, so it's pretty fast to copy across your content. You can drag and drop your 4K videos from the card to either the drive or to the computer or both. So it gives you the choice of backing up or sharing it to the computer or saving it to the drive as well. Uh, there's two terabytes of, uh, of storage there, which gives you hours and hours of storage of your drone footage. So really easy way to do that. It's only small too. It's about the size of a deck of cards, this this drive. It also has a protective rubber bumper around the outside. So you can toss this in your, your drone kit. You can So every day it can go, go with you. You can handle the everyday bumps and scrapes thanks to that rubber bumper. So you're not going to damage it. Uh, and you, you can have peace of mind that uh, even inside your drone case, the, the your backed up videos and photos are going to be protected. And as I said, despite it being called the DJI Fly Drive, it will work with other micro SD cards. However, whatever content, 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 drones or a camera, you can still use that the, the micro SD card slot to download or back up all that content as well. Uh, you also get, with, with the drive, you get also, as an added bonus, Seagate has included a complimentary two-month membership to Adobe Premiere Pro Creative Cloud. So that's one of the most popular video editing applications you can find, and you get two months free access to that as well. The Seagate DJI Fly Drive, with its 
2 terabyte capacity. Available now, you can buy it from Officeworks, JB Hi-Fi, and Bingley. It's priced at $179. And if you want to read more about it and take a look at our photos, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Now, there's lots of valuable stuff stored on our computer. You take a look at what you've got, family photos, tax and work documents, videos, images. But what would you do if all of a sudden all that content that I just described was all gone, encrypted and impossible to retrieve? Well, what I've just described to you is ransomware. This is a malware that locks you out of your own files and then demands that you pay up, so you're paying a ransom, or lose access to them forever. Unfortunately, ransomware is actually on the rise in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware, including the recent WannaCry ransomware by blocking dangerous files, warning you against dodgy links before you click, and also backing up files from your PC to the cloud so you'll have a copy if anything goes wrong. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Well, as I said at the top, we're going to talk about a couple of in-car products. So if you uh, love driving and you love your tech, you're going to love these couple, these two products we're going to kick off our reviews with this week. The first one is from a company called Navdi, and this is the Navdi Head-Up Display. Now, this is a product that you place in front of your steering wheel on your dashboard, and uh, you can uh, then have a head-up display. There is a, a unit that projects a, the image, all the information to a small screen that you can actually look through and see, so you can see your speed and all that other information but you can also see the road ahead of you. So while instead of looking down at your instruments or down at your console, this can be positioned, this product can be positioned in such a way that you're sitting behind the wheel, comfortably behind the wheel, and you're looking through the display, seeing the road beyond that. But on this display, on this small screen, you're seeing your speed and all this other information, your GPS information, all all the stuff you'd expect to see and all, all the notifications and everything from your, your connected device in front of your eyes and, able, and accessible without you taking your eyes off the road or your hands off the wheel. So really handy and really easy to set up. I'll take you through what you need to do. It's pretty simple. For what you get, it is pretty simple to set up and position. You do get a special charge pad that you lay down. So you position the pad on your on the dashboard in just in front of your steering wheel. So you this is so the driver can comfortably look through the screen. It does come with some stand so you can uh, come up with the ideal height so you can see the display, look through dis- the display and see the road beyond the display. So the pad that you then, it has like a sticky surface so it sticks to the dashboard and don't worry, you can easily uh, peel it off and reposition. It doesn't leave any residue or anything. Really easy to reposition if you don't get it right the first time. Once the pad is is stuck to the dashboard, then you place the Navdi. The Navdi then clips into that pad and that pad is actually connected to power. So a cable goes off, runs down to, uh, the cable runs off. Yeah, good on you. That's my Google Home speaker piping up. I don't know why I did that. But anyway, where was I? I was talking about the Navdi and how the pad has a cable that runs down and needs to be connected. Try again in a few seconds. Yeah, right, Google Home. Shut up. The, 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 the cable runs down to your car's OBD2 port. Now, every car's got one of these ports. They are, they are positioned uh, differently depending on the make and model of your car. Thankfully, the Navdi app has a, a directory of cars, makes, and models, so you can locate exactly where your car's OBD2 port is located. And usually they're underneath 
the underneath uh, the driver's area, so in, in the area below the dashboard on the driver's side, if in my car, it was located underneath the dashboard, just, just above my accelerator pedal uh, in that space, just under the dashboard. So I was easily able to neatly put the cable down the seal of the door, down the side, and connect it to the OBD2 port. I was also able to use a couple of cable ties to tidy it up at the bottom there. So its connection to the OBD2 port does a couple of things. It, it gives you power for a start, and it also gives you access to the car's telematics, so the speed, uh, all this other information, revs per minute. All this information can then be accessed, 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 the NAVD. Really easy to set up, as I said. The other thing you need to install too is the NAVD dial. This is a small device that connects to your steering wheel, and as its name suggests, it's a dial and a button. So you can actually uh, wind through, the, navigate through the menus and all your options, and there's a select button. So if you get to an option, an option, an option, an op- on the display in front of you, uh, you can then press and select that. It's a really easy way to navigate through the device, navigate through the information, and don't forget, because it's on your steering wheel, you're not taking your hand off the wheel, Uh, you're still looking at the road, hand on the wheel, using the dial, it's still technically on the steering wheel, so you're not taking your hands off the wheel at all. The dial's really easy to install, it's got a rubber strap and a clip, so really easy to stretch around the steering wheel, clip it into place, and you've got a NAVD dial to help you through. The other thing you need to do is download the companion app, the NAVD app free on the App Store uh, for iPhone and Android, and it uh, connects to the unit and also, so this, the, the app connects your phone to the NAVD head-up head display as well as the NAVD dial. They all they all pair together. Uh, what you need to do then is when, you, when you're behind the wheel and this is turned on, you need to adjust the tilt of the small screen on the device. So it's got to be at the proper angle, so the, the angle that you're looking at the screen you're seeing the reflection that it's projecting on the screen at that right angle, and that gives you a perfect, comfortable position to read what is on the screen. So once you've done all that, uh, it doesn't take very long. It really steps you through the steps. Once you've got all that sorted, everything's in place, you're ready to hit the road. So first thing we saw, of course, was the transparent image on the device's screen. We could see all the information like our speed, uh, our next appointment, uh, the music we listen to, the podcast we were listening to, all this information, our direction of travel was all there in front of us. And because it was connected to the OBD2 port, as I said, it, it draws power, but you also get information from your vehicle, like your speed, your RPM, all these other telematics that you get. Not only does it tell you your current speed, but it'll also tell you, based on where you are, it'll tell you the street you're on, it'll also tell you the speed limit of where you are as well. And when you go over the speed limit, the actual gauge changes colour. So you know uh, if, it, if it changes to a certain colour, you think, okay, I'm, I'm speeding now. So you're always conscious about how fast you're going. So if you go over the limit, this will tell you it'll change colour and it'll display the limit of where you're driving below that's that the dial as well. So you know exactly how fast you need to be going. If you go over that speed, you are you do get a warning. The other thing it does too, it can talk to you as well. So if you're coming up to a speed camera, for example, it'll tell you that too. Uh, so voice is one way to interact with it. Of course, there's the dial. You can use gestures. There's gesture control. I'll talk about that in a minute. And as I said, with your voice as well, you can talk to this thing. So if you want to say you want to navigate somewhere, you can just say navigate to 21 Market Street or take me home. Or you can say parking nearby. And it'll then know it's powered by Google Maps. So it'll go straight into Google Maps and give you turn-by-turn information. You're looking at your next turn through the display and while you're still looking at the road. So all that information is literally there in front of your eyes and the NAVD dial allows you then to, to, to go through the menus if you have to. So not only do you get the GPS... You can also get all your notifications. So this is, I've described this product as being a great way to reinvent the way we drive and connect at the same time. Connecting to your phone and using, getting all your notifications is is such a distraction without this device. So 
what what NAVD does it gives you a gives you safe access to all that information. When you receive a message, for example, it can read it out to you. There are pre prepared replies. Uh, if you same thing goes for emails as well, other notifications can be read out loud by NAVD. You can also respond using Siri if you've got it connected to an iPhone or Google Assistant if you're using Andro- an Android device. And uh, you can also link up your calendar as well, so it knows when your next appointment is. You can display that up up on the screen, so you'll it'll, it knows what you're doing. So it'll know your calendar. It'll know, or it'll have your notifications, your messages. Everything's there. Now, in terms of the gesture control, uh, that you do get the option. Say you receive a phone call, you do have the option. That there's a small sensor, like a little, a little, a little, a little. So that, that's what that, that's what it gives it gesture control. So say you receive a call and you can with a wave of your hand. So if you want to accept it, you wave your hand left. If you want to if you want to dismiss it, you wave your hand right. I just wave my hand in front of the microphone. Then, uh, if you want to dismiss it, you wave it to the right. Uh, if you want to accept it, you wave it to the left, and it works great. Uh, but I, I found it a little funny because as I was waving to my uh, to my Navdi in my car, other drivers thought I was waving to them. I was getting a wave back as well. So you know, at least I was waving. I wasn't doing anything else. Uh, but that's a, a really nice way to accept or, or dismiss your calls. It works with other notifications too. So uh, what, it, what it says on the screen, it'll give you the option. If there's a gesture to give you uh, an option of a gesture, it'll tell you that as well. The Navdi is a, is a terrific product. I really like this device. The Navdi head-up display, as I said in my review, it reinvents the way we drive and connect with the outside world. Let's us connect safely. So you can keep your eyes on the road. You can keep your connections as well. Keep your hands on the wheel and connect. be connected to your network all at the same time. It's priced at $899. It's, it's not cheap. It's quite an investment, I think. If you if you, if you, if you on the road uh, and you want to do it safer, you want to be able to connect safer, then this is definitely worth a look. The Navdi, it's going to be available from JB Hi-Fi and the Navdi online store. $899. If you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, our other car-related product, uh, this is a cool device. This is the Zeus Smart Tire Safety Monitor. Now, this isn't the first product from Zeus that we've that we've reviewed. If you cast your mind back, they had the Smart Car Charger. Do you remember that product that allowed you to charge your products? It can give you, uh, it, it can tell you where your car's parked. It can also keep your logbook. The same company that produced that has come up with this new smart tire safety monitor. Now, what this allows you to do is to monitor your car's, your tire pressure in real time. Now, you think about it. How would you know the pressure of your tires? Without you having to go to the service station and put the go to the pump, put the put the uh, the pressure gauge on it and discover your your pressure. Well, with the smart tire safety monitor, you've got four sensors and each corresponding to the different tires in your car. So one will say rear right, front right, rear left, front left. So you've got to put the right sensors on the right tires. And then they connect then by Bluetooth to a little receive receiver, which then connects to the Zeus Smart Tire Safety app. Uh, you can actually in one app have the Smart Car Charger app as well as the Smart Tire app now, all in the one app. But you can look and see your pressure on every tire in real time. So you think about what this allows you to do. It, it gives you. It, it's good for safety for a start. So uh, you can detect high pressure and high temperature that usually comes before a blackout, a blowout, or a flat tire. If you get that high pressure or high temperature, at least if you got a heads up that that up that that up that that up that you can do something about it. Without this, you don't know what what your pressure is, what your temperature is. So it, it does allow that to get a bit of a heads up if something's going wrong. There's also an intelligent, accurate temperature algorithm on board. So it's the first product of its kind that can actually warn you if you've got a slow leak. If you've had a slow leak on your tire, so the pressure is slowly, slowly getting reduced and you've got to fill the, fill the tire up. This lets you know, it warns you about slow leaks before they can become a problem. 
Really handy thing to have. Through the app as well, you can set it up so that you get customized pressure thresholds. So if you know the pressure of your tires have to be a certain level, you can receive notifications if they drop or rise to a certain pressure. So you can receive a warning of any danger before it's too late, before a blowout, before it becomes a problem. Uh, so no need to go to the service station to check your tire pressure. You can look at the app and see it in real time, which is handy. It can also save you money as well. You think about it. If your tires are underinflated, that actually gonna, it's going to burn more fuel in your car. In fact, if you uh, are driving around with underinflated tires can increase your fuel usage by up to 11%. That's more than that's more than 10% of your fuel bill can be avoided if your tires are pumped up to the right pressure. So you think about this product, it allows you to monitor the tire pressure in real time at any time. And so if you can save 11% on your fuel every year, this thing's going to pay itself off in no time. So 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 to have and if you're worried, I'm sure people, sure, people, sure people, what's to stop people stealing these sensors off my car? Because they're just screwed onto your to your tire gauge. You can you can rest assured that no one's going to steal them because the they do come with four locking nuts, so that keeps the sensors in place. So you put the nut on, the sensor on, and then anti-clockwise twist them together. You need a special spanner to undo it, so that's going to keep them in place. In the car, then, the, the sensor link, links back toward the receiver. The receiver just needs to be connected to a USB power source. So the receiver, once it's connected to USB actually also has its own USB port, so you're not losing a USB port in the car. So you connect to one port, and that gives you access to another USB port on the receiver, so you're not receiving anything. We plugged our pressure receiver into the Zeus Smart Car Charger, so we had uh, that in the car too. They both work together really nicely. Now, these are going to be available. The smart tyre safety monitor is going to be available from Harvey Norman later this month, so late September, early October. They're going to be priced at about $189. That's not official. That's based on the U.S. pricing. Hopefully, that'll be a little bit cheaper for us here in Australia. But if you want to read more about the Zeus smart tyre safety monitor, really handy to have if you're driving a car or a truck, you're on the road a fair bit, really handy to have with you. You want to read about that review, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Rounding out our reviews this week, we're going to talk about the Galaxy Note 8, the worldwide embargo lifted earlier early, earlier last week so that we were able to publish our full review of the Note 8. It does It is released in Australia on September 22nd, which is in a week and a half, but it's released in other markets on the 15th. So if you're in the US, for example, you can get hold of the Galaxy Note 8 on the 15th of September. We're going to go through our review pretty quickly. We, we, we thoroughly reviewed this on Tech Guide, and you can read every word of that there. But we're going to give you sort of the high points here. Uh, first up, design. You, you, it, it is a beautifully designed product. It's not a clone of the Galaxy S8. I can tell you that up front. It's got um, squarer shoulders, squarer corners, I should say. Similar to Infinity Display, but there are, there's enough differences between this and the S8 to make them look enough uh, to, differently. So, so they're not absolutely copies of each other. The, uh, the Note 8, of course, is a lot bigger than the S8 and even bigger than the S8 Plus. It's got a 6.3-inch Quad HD Super AMOLED display, which is just beautiful to look at. It's got HDR compatibility too. Uh, has the same 18 by 9 aspect ratio on the screen. Uh, 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 different enough. I've got a picture of the S8 beside the Note 8. You can see they might look like they're from the same family, but they have their own distinct look so that they don't look exactly entirely the same. But you can tell they're made by the same company, which is Samsung, and a uh, good job at that. The Note 8 is also uh, IP68 water and dust resistant. But that display, the size of that display is handy. It's got a resolution of 2960 by 1440. But that large display, it's 6.3 inches, plenty of room, large enough to watch great video content in good quality but also large enough to use a really cool feature called App Pair. So it allows you to put two apps on the screen at once. So you can select a pair of apps you'd like to launch simultaneously. Best example I can give you is if you're behind the wheel and you want to launch Google Maps and your music streaming app for your drive. So you can see your direct, the directions 
and also control your music. So rather than you having to dive in and connect, uh, launch Google Maps, then set up the the multitasking function and find your music streaming app and then press that app, you can launch them both at the same time, saves time, saves, eff- saves effort is a really cool feature. Uh, the other thing you can do on your display is also, of course, use the S Pen. Would it be the Note without the S Pen? That's what makes the Note the Note, which is what I said on the, on my review. The uh, S Pen has an updated uh, design. It has a diameter, the tip diameter of 0.7 millimeters, so can detect more than 4,000 levels of pressure. You think about it, the harder you press, the darker the, the, uh, the writing is going to be or the painting is going to be. So you can write, draw, paint. Uh, gives you all of that accessibility. The the lock screen memo is a favourite of mine. So even when the device is locked, you pop out the pen and you can start writing a to-do list or a shopping list or whatever you need to do. You can also use uh, the the S Pen to translate things. So imagine looking at a menu through the camera. You simply hover the S Pen, choose the, the, the translation. Say you want to go from Chinese to English. Hover the S Pen over something. It'll give you the English translation. We'll even convert the uh, units of measurement and also um, the uh, currency amounts as well into the right to, to, to convert that to, uh, say, from Chinese to Australian or US dollars, however you want. Now, the S Pen can also be used for a fun feature called live messaging. So you can actually uh, create like a, this animated GIF that can you can write on a photo or just sort of write this, write happy birthday or whatever on, on, uh, on a message, save it and share it as a GIF. So it'll go whether the other person's using, no matter what phone they're using, they can receive this beautiful animated message from you. Camera-wise, we're talking two lenses here. First time Samsung's done that on their mobile device. The Note 8 has one lens as a telephoto lens, the other is a wide-angle lens. So, so, so stabilization for both as well. 12-megapixel resolution, two times optical zoom, up to 10 times digital zoom. And what I like about it is that you can create some nice depth of field shots and it can actually have, a, there's a feature called live focus that lets you adjust the amount of blur you want to have in the background. So you can adjust that and see in real time what the results are going to be. Once you're happy, you can hit capture. And what happens is you capture your the live focus image, but the wide angle shot is taken by the other lens at the same time. So while you're getting your lining up your nice live focus shot it also takes a wide shot as well so you're not missing anything Uh, performance wise i think you really need to appreciate this device the note 8's power if you connect it to the dex remember with the galaxy s8 the dex dock so you can dock the note 8 run it as like a desktop computer it'll power a desktop experience uh, and and we had to keep reminding ourselves this is running off a phone. We were running games, full screen, uh, browsers, documents, videos, all coming out of the device, a mobile device. And when you're done, you just unplug the device and all your data is there. There's no need to save stuff because you take it with you. It's all on the phone and you're not leaving anything behind. So we envisage this being a popular feature for mobile professionals. I reckon um, imagine airline lounges at the airport having all these DEX docks for anyone with an S8 or a Note 8 to be able to just dock their phone, have access to a monitor and a keyboard, and and use it like they're using a desktop computer. Brilliant feature. Uh, you have the the fingerprint reader on the back, still on the right-hand side of the product on the back, so it's not quite centered. Would it be nice to be centered? Uh, not to be, though, although the fingerprint reader is now separated from the lenses by a flash of the S8, the fingerprint reader was right beside the lens, so we were forever putting our fingerprints all over our, our lens rather than on the fingerprint reader. At least now that there's been a bit of separation, there's a flash between the lenses now and the fingerprint reader. Battery-wise, you're looking at 3,300 milliamp hours, which is uh, when you think about what happened with the Note 7, uh, it's a good idea that they don't go too overboard with the battery. So you're going to get plenty of uh, plenty of time, day and night. You get a full day and into the night with the battery. There's also fast charging and wireless charging as well. All up, 
the Galaxy Note 8. It's $1,499, so it's not cheap. I think it's designed for that power user, whether you want to power through your work or watch content on the go, create content on the go. Uh, so if you want to just get more done, more work, more play, more viewing, enjoying more content, this is the phone for you. It's a big phone, so if you're not really happy with a big screen device, if you think that's too much to handle, then maybe the Note 8 is not for you. But if you love, if you have that go big or go home attitude, uh, then the Note 8 will definitely be the phone for you. If you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and super-fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs, and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favorite movies and shows no matter how many devices are connected you have ultra fast wi-fi speeds the orbi tri-band wi-fi system works with your existing modem to maximize the speed you're paying for orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show gives your home a superior wi-fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display with just a couple of clicks your secure wi-fi network will be ready in no time for more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Quick one on the Tech Guide Help Desk. We uh, received an interesting email from a reader asking whether it's wise to unplug their computers and other devices if they're away from home, from home, from home, from home. That this uh, person, 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 going to be away for several weeks. They wanted to. Um, they usually unplug their TVs and their computer. Uh, over that extended period just to avoid things like uh, power surges and things like that. Uh, my advice was, of course, yeah, definitely do that. Uh, you should uh, – there's two alternatives here. One, you can just unplug your computer. It should be okay being unplugged. There's no no problem there. But there's the other solution that I suggested was to maybe keep the, the computer plugged in but power down. So power down the computer. This is what I do. Power down the computer – Plug, though, have the computer plug into a surge protector. So if anything does happen while you're away, at least your computer's protected. Unplug your TVs and all the other devices, but if you want to keep your computer plugged in, uh, my suggestion is to power the computer down, so not have the computer running, and have it plugged in to a surge protector. That is the, that, that's my best advice there. You, you, you won't have any issues. If you do want to unplug it, you should be right. Just plug it in and it'll start up. Should be should start up fine. Uh, TVs and other other appliances, uh, they they have no worry being unplugged. But if you do want to keep your computer plugged in, just for convenience sake, rather than having to reach down and unplug the computer, you can have it connected to a surge protector and just have the computer powered down while you're away. That's what I'd suggest. So that saves you having to get under the desk and unplug the computer. You can uh, th- th- that's a really easy solution for anyone. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. We'd love you to get in touch with us as well. You can either email us, info at techguide.com.au, or download the VoiceBite app, which I co-created with my brother. VoiceBite allows you to to record a 15-second uh, question. Uh, have the hashtag AskSteven on the clip title broadcast that and I w- it will come to me and you'll be able to hear your voice on the Tech Guide podcast. We want to give a special shout out too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that it can help keep you, your family and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. We're, we're going to talk about everything we saw at the Apple event. Uh, so until then, stay safe and stay connected.